Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Well, it's going to be a very busy week in terms of the macro front with both with Singapore set to release their advanced second quarter GDP figures this coming Wednesday and China following up with their behemoth second quarter GDP numbers on Thursday. And while both economies are expected to post healthy gro- growth and also signs that the economic recovery in both countries will continue, there was a sign last week that investors are beginning to fret about the global economy starting to slow down just a little bit or perhaps just even showing signs of peaking and safe havens began to trend in favor. And also we saw Treasury yields also gaining favor due to investors flocking to safe havens. Now, could this be an overreaction for markets who are seeking shelter? Or And why is market sentiment so sensitive to some of these macroeconomic concerns? Well, Julius Baer recently released some thoughts on the state of the global economy heading into the second half. And today we are joined by Mark Matthews, the head of research for the Asia-Pacific region at Julius Baer. He's here to share with us his thoughts, actually, on, uh, on, on a lot of the changing market sentiment and whether or not it's linked to some of the macroeconomic outlooks and concerns that investors have. Mr. Matthews, thank you so much for joining us today. Glad to hear you and your loved ones are still safe and in good health during these times. And welcome to the show, sir. Happy Monday. To you. Thank you very much for having me on, JP. All right. Mr. Matthews, last week, and you do want to go back to what we saw last week, actually, markets displayed a sense of caution not seen in a while. We saw yields trending lower, safe havens gaining favors, investors flocked to save, to, um, uh, to, for shelter in places like gold and even the Japanese yen. Now, could this be connected to the resurgence in COVID-19 infections or just a belief that it might be time to unwind certain themes that have boosted markets in the last few months? I'd say two things. And the first is, yes, yields went down. But for the 10-year Treasury, and that's the most widely watched bond in the world, the yield went from 1.6% to 1.3%. So that's a 30 basis points move. Mm -hmm. And when you think about it, the difference between 1.6 and 1.3, is it really such a big deal? I mean, when I started in the business, yields were moving 30 basis points a week all the time. It's not a big deal. It's certainly not enough to change your portfolio. Uh, The second thing I'd say to answer your question, the why of it, there's nothing obvious that we can see. And I would say, yes, we probably hit peak inflation, but we knew that was going to happen. Can't keep going up forever. And on the Delta variant, um, there's three economies that really matter in the world, the U.S., Europe, Uh, and China. Now, the U.S. and Europe are highly vaccinated. China, they've managed to suppress the COVID virus. Uh, I think the canary in the coal mine, as far as Delta goes, is the United Kingdom, because over 100,000 people showed up for the Euro 2020 finals. Mm -hmm. They were mingling and shouting. And I don't know if you remember, but there was a football match in Italy in February last year that started Italy's big epidemic, and it spread outside of Italy to Spain. That was the first big super spreader event outside of China. So we'll know in a few weeks if the vaccines work against Delta because you just had these massive games in Wembley Stadium. And I think that um, they were not going to see a big rise in hospitalizations and deaths um, because actually already cases have been going up in the U.K. for some time. And, and we have not seen a rise in hospitalizations and deaths there. And so I think the message is that Astra and the messenger RNA vaccines really do stop this thing from making people very sick 
for and, killing them. And there's a lot at stake, of course, and of course, a moment of truth, given the fact that I- Italy has returned to Rome triumphant at the back of the year 2020 finals. I'm sure there's going to be celebrations across that country. England also licking their wounds at the moment. But yes, we will have to watch out for these uh, raids. Let's move on first uh, now, Mr. Matthews, to manufacturing PMIs. And for the most part, for the last, what, eight, ten months, they've impressed across many major economies, including here in Singapore. There were signs of the gauges starting to trend lower, raising concerns that the global economic recovery might be stalling or even peaking. But then again, they're still at these very high levels. Could the latter, any fears of a potential peaking or or temporary plateauing, could this be an overreaction on the part of markets? What are your thoughts? Uh, uh, By the way, JP, please call me Mark. (laughs) Go ahead. Mark. Yes, go ahead, Mark. There you go. Uh, So just so your listeners know, a PMI is the Purchasing Managers Index. So that's a monthly survey. They do them in about 40 countries around the world. And they ask the purchasing managers every month, are you ordering more or less than you did the month before? And anything above 50 means they're buying more stuff. Below 50 means they're buying less stuff. So if I just take the American Institute of Supply Management's service sector PMI as an example, because... That institute has the most widely followed PMIs uh, in the United States, and the service sector is two-thirds of the economy there. So let me just use that one as an example. It was 64 in May, Hmm. and it went down to 60 in June. So it's trending lower. But how could it not trend lower? Just to put it in perspective, since that series started in 1997, there were only three other months on record when it went above 60. Above 60 is extremely high, extremely unusual. The average is actually 54. So, yes, it would be an overreaction to say that the global economic recovery is stalling. Peaking, yes, it has to peak sometime. Stalling, no. Mm-hmm. We're speaking to Mark Matthews, the head of research for the Asia Pacific at Julius Baer. Of course, Mark, we have to talk about the uh, sudden hawkish stance of the Federal Reserve that really caught markets uh, a bit by surprise, some would say, heading into the second half. It seems to be the new theme by Jerome Powell and friends, and they have said that they might start tightening their generous support and begin with tapering their bond purchases. They will have uh, discussions in the next couple of months. Of course, the big concern is will this spark something similar to 2013's taper tantrum where market volatility was really stir it up in a big way. How tricky is it going to be for them to make sure it's timed and communicated well to reduce these potential market shocks? And do you think that they're more equipped and perhaps have learned some lessons from, say, eight years ago? Well, JP, in my opinion, the mere fact you're asking me this question means they've actually done a good job of communicating it. Because if you're asking this question, it means it's not a secret. <laughs> mm-hmm. It means it's not going to shock anybody when it happens, which, by the way, we think they will start tapering early next year. And even though we all know it's going to happen, bond yields haven't skyrocketed higher. The S&P's at an all-time high. So I think the market must realize there's no reason the Fed needs to keep pushing $120 billion of money into the financial markets every month when the economy in America is back on track. Um, it's true there's about 9.8 million Americans who are unemployed right now, but it's also true there's 9.2 million jobs available right now. So I don't think that um, it will come as a surprise when they start to taper. I think they've done a good job communicating. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, a tighter Fed, though, is something that emerging markets, especially here in Asia, monitor. We've seen them be very sensitive to rising rates, tighter policy, and even the stronger U.S. dollar. What is Julius Baer's uh, view on what a tighter Fed might mean for emerging markets? Should emerging markets from, say, surrounding Singapore, for instance, have to run for the hills and perhaps take a little bit more cover? Or do you think that this time around it's not going to be as big of a shock as we've seen in previous bouts? <laughs> 
I think it depends on what the right thing is to do uh, at that time. And what I mean is, if they don't tighten, but the economy is very, very strong, then there could be an outbreak in inflation. And then they would have to raise rates so much that it causes a recession. So in that environment, the right thing to do is tighten before you get the inflation shock. But if they tighten when they don't need to, because there's not a lot of growth, then that would be a mistake. So it depends on the situation. And our view is that the recovery this year is exactly what I just said. It's a recovery. By definition, a recovery doesn't last forever. And so, therefore, the inflation we're seeing, it's not going to last forever either. So, yes, they will taper the QE next year, early next year, but we don't think they need to raise rates next year or even the year after that. In fact, we don't see them raising rates until 2024, and that's good for markets. Mm-hmm. Uh, of, of course, one of the the problems with the bigger uh, issue for market for markets and economies here in Asia is the resurgence of these COVID nineteen infections. You look wherever you look, whether it's be north in north northeast Asia or even around the neighbor our neighbors here across the ASEAN, we've seen worrisome spikes at least in COVID nineteen infections rise once again. What is Julius Baer's economic outlook for Asia now given this Delta resurgence? And who do you think is most at risk? Conversely, who might also be most prepared to weather these new COVID storms? Um, I think in in order of uh, best to worst, China is in the best shape because mm-hmm. it has its own big domestic market that it can rely on. And it's actually proven adept at keeping COVID under control. Then actually next I'd put Australia. Uh, they don't really need an open border because they get so much money from exporting commodities. But for the rest of Asia, it's bad. Um Singapore, for example, it's just not an economy that's set up to be closed for long. And yes, we're part of Southeast Asia, but we're also a global hub and we're part of the developed world. So the more Europe and North America open up, revert back to normal, and we don't, then we drift away from what's going on over there. And then companies might start to ask, why are we paying such high rents in Singapore when we can't even go there? We seem to be managing our businesses in the rest of Asia just fine by doing it remotely. So I'm sorry to say that everything about this is bad for Singapore. And that's the case for most of the rest of Asia, too. I mean, if you look at Thailand, tourism is so important for them. This is just a disaster for them. In fact, I hate to say it, but I think it's quite likely we're going to see social unrest in a lot of our neighbors quite soon because it's been going on for too long. And now, of course, as you said, they're getting hit badly with the Delta variant. But in Thailand, for example, less than 5% of the population is fully vaccinated. And a lot of those people, unfortunately, got Sinovac. It doesn't work against Delta, according to the Thai Red Cross. So it's, it's tough for all of Asia, but probably China is the best situated. Well, fingers crossed that a lot of this potential unrest doesn't come to fruition, but of course it is always a possibility. We hope that that things don't come to that worst-case scenario. I'd like to thank Mr. Mark Matthews, the head of research for the Asia-Pacific region, Julius Baer, for joining us today on Money FM 89.3 to share the group's economic outlook and to share their recent thoughts on some of these new macroeconomic trends and the recent resurgence of Delta infections across the region. Mark, as always, I wish you and your loved ones continued health and safety during these uncertain times, and we look forward to the next time we can have you back on the show. Meanwhile, do stay safe and have a great evening ahead, sir. Thank you, JP. You too.
Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.